This is Beyond Belief Sobriety, a podcast and community for people who are seeking a secular path to recovery from addictions of all kinds. Hello, and thank you for taking some time to listen to this episode. I hope it's a good experience and that it helps you build a little extra recovery capital. In this episode, I'll be speaking with Jack J. from Bristol, England. Jack is a recovering sex addict and recently started a new secular mutual aid group for sex addicts called Secular Organizations for Sexual Sobriety. Jack talks about what inspired him to start the organization and some of the details regarding how it works. But before we get started, I would like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Soberlink. If you're seeking a tangible way to maintain accountability and prove sobriety to loved ones, you have to try Soberlink. If you haven't heard of Soberlink, they've created a remote alcohol monitoring system that revolutionizes the way people document sobriety. The system includes a breathalyzer and uses artificial intelligence to display your test results in a calendar format, helping you analyze your habits and prove to yourself and others that you are, in fact, not drinking. It even has real-time results, facial recognition, and tamper detection, so no one will question the validity of your results. Soberlink and I have created a guide called Five Tools and Strategies for Those on a Secular Path to Recovery that you can find at soberlink.com slash bbs. If you're ready to take the next step in your recovery journey, mention the Beyond Belief Sobriety podcast when ordering Soberlink, and you'll receive $50 off their device. And now, episode 264, Secular Sexual Sobriety. I I lose track of time, actually, with this stuff, but about 20 years ago, I got involved in an organization called Sexaholics, which you may or may not have heard of. Is it Sexaholics Anonymous? No, it's just called Sexaholics. Okay, because I know there's a a few different support groups for sex addicts, and so, so this one, I might not be familiar with it. Okay, so Sexaholics was kind of the one probably the original as far as i can see organization which very much mirrored alcoholics anonymous and narcotics anonymous so it was so sexaholics used the 12-step program i would say it's i think it's still going as far as i know and it was running in my hometown in bristol in the uk for a few years it is no longer here i don't know if there are any groups still surviving i would say it had a very hard line approach to recovery in that it only allowed sexual activity within marriage that's the first thing so that that's for a lot of people that was sort of problematic Um, so even if you were single even if you were single yeah that would you wouldn't be allowed to be having sex so basically it didn't allow you know masturbation was not a thing that was permitted or allowed because that wasn't sex with a married spouse oh my gosh wow okay Unless they've changed, that was certainly the group that I was part of. So it was very difficult. It was not inclusive in terms of people that define themselves as gay, for example, would not be, weren't part of that group because gay marriage wasn't allowed at that time either. So there's lots of, I had kind of issues with it, although, you know, I, I felt I needed something. And I used to go along and I went along for a while and it helped me a bit. 
um, people kept relapsing as well. So we didn't have a lot of sobriety in our particular group. And then I left it for a while. Then I kept relapsing myself. And then a few years later, I tried to go back and the meeting was no longer there. So that was my initial dip into that stuff. So, and that, but it gave me an insight into 12 step fellowships and the 12 step approach. Were you already an atheist when you, when you went in there or do you even identify as an atheist now? I do. I definitely identify as an atheist. And I, and I would have done then, I think, if you'd have asked me. Okay. Did the 12 steps present a problem for you when you were first exposed to them? Yes, they did. But I, but I kind of tried to ignore it and brush it under the carpet, if you like, and just try to, they say, take, take the best and leave the rest. They used to, you know, it's a, it's a classic saying, I think, um, or take what works for you. So I tried that. So I left that anyway. I was in the wilderness, if you like, for a while. Then I joined an organization called Sex Addicts Anonymous. Okay, I think, I think I had that one I've heard of. Okay, so what's, so what's that based on? That is very much, I think, a mirror of the Narcotics Anonymous and Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, I've not been to an NA meeting, but I have been to AA meetings just because I've been away in a town where there were no SAA meetings and my sponsor at the time said, we'll get along to an AA meeting. So I've been along to that and I can see there's very direct parallels. They use the big book of AA. They refer back to the founders. They encourage you to read all the original stuff. Uh, they, They use the 12 steps and the 12 traditions. And how do they define sobriety? Now that's an interesting one. And this is, this is why I'm so pleased to be on this podcast really with you because within sex addiction or sex compulsion or however you want to define it groups that is one of the difficult areas i would say it's a more like the situation with eating i put it down to so if you're an anorexic you have a problem problematic behaviors around eating but you can't stop eating right you need to eat to survive Mm -hmm. you need it to eat to survive and it's one of our natural instincts and, and I would say that sex is very much falls into that category that people, what we're, what most of us are trying to do within um, these organizations uh, is trying to um, find a, a balance and a, and a sexually healthy life. So therefore you need then to say, well, what does that mean for you? And within, S, within SAA, one of the, the first things you do is you sit down and have a three circle activity and you put in your middle circle um, behaviors which are bottom line acting out addiction middle circle was run around that which is basically things that might lead to that maybe lack of self-care or browsing on the internet but not actually looking at pornography if we're using pornography as an example and then outer circle would be things that are good for your well-being good for your relationships healthy sex would be in that as well i so like that's that how- now I, I did have a guest on here the, the only other time I had a guest who talked about sex, sex addiction, he was doing that program. Uh, and he did it. He was a, he was secular as he did it, but he was involved with that. So that sounds familiar to me. I, I recall that. And I kind of like the idea of defining for yourself what your recovery is going to look like. I think that's pretty important. Yes, I think there's, it's really important. And, and that is where I think people that are drug addicted – and even to an extent, alcoholics, and I do mix with a lot of people with those issues. I, I go to smart meetings at the moment sometimes in Bristol. Um, but they don't quite get that, really, because for them it's a yes or a no. You're either taking Coke or you're not taking Coke. And I know for myself, with alcohol, I've made that decision, actually. I've, I, I stopped drinking about five years ago. I made the decision I haven't drunk alcohol since. 
and it's like a it's a yes or no situation and i can do i can live without that it's not a problem so um but living without sex particularly i'm a married man um it would not be good it'd probably destroy my relationship actually so that's one thing the other thing is that there's a whole gamut of behaviors around it as well but as i guess you could say to an extent there is with drink and drugs but you know, some people have got issues with compulsive use of prostitution, prostitutes, some people are hooked on porn, some people might be voyeurs, some people might be, you know, looking pe- through people's, you know, exp- I don't know, all sorts of things that you see about. And th- that whole gamut of behaviours is contained within those meetings, some of which I, you know, I personally find, you know, I don't approve of if you like or find quite quite difficult to deal with but that's those people's behaviors and i'm not there to judge them they're trying to stop doing it and so that for them would be in within their middle inner circle but it might not be in mine for example right 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 that makes sense okay so that's my that's what happened so i joined saa i was involved in it i can't remember how many years quite a few years maybe six years or something like that i went through the 12 steps with a sponsor i had quite a sizable chunk of sobriety at one point and then I relapsed and then my sponsor sacked me (laughs) so uh, I was actually leading a group at the time so I was chairing the group I lost that position I was put back to making tea I was basically yeah it felt a bit shaming really to be honest and and I was basically you know had to then try and find another sponsor who'd accept me and then I did that, and now I was put back on step one and had to go through it all again. And then the same thing kind of happened, really. And this, I think the second time, I think I had two sponsors altogether. Yeah, they were really good and really supportive. But I found that whole punitive thing was too much to bear. And I always struggled with the higher power thing. And I was basically told by my last sponsor, the problem is with you, you Jack, is that you can't accept the concept of the higher power and until you do that you're never going to get recovery and i thought well this is an issue because you know you're probably right actually because it's so embedded in the whole structure of the thing that me using the group as a higher power which is what i was trying to do they say that's okay as a start but it's not enough so so there we go so i finished so i basically left that i sort of i do go to the occasional saa meetings because there isn't anything else I can understand that. You, obviously, the, the way they presented the steps is was a very narrowly defined path. Um, whereas I'm sure the people in the meeting were were great. I'm sure that the the just being with the people and having the common goal was very helpful. But when you get to talking about steps and if they have a very narrow way of defining how step work should be done, that would be a problem. I could see. Yeah, well, I think some of the steps aren't a problem for me. You know, uh, realising that my life's become unmanageable, you know, that I've got a problem behaving, my life's become unmanageable, I can do that. I'm quite happy to support others and, you know, step 12 stuff, I'm quite happy to do that. But when it comes to handing my life and my will over to a power greater than myself, or, or God as I understand God, that is a problem because I don't believe there is a God. So that's just my personal belief. I haven't got any problem with anybody that does, but... How can I do that? And that's step three. So we're very early on to the steps before I'm running into stumbling blocks, really. And, it, and you know, I you know I spent many a meeting kind of ignoring it and just saying my voice. And there's quite a variety of beliefs in there. I know there's a, one of the groups I do still go along to. This is an atheist that runs joins runs that group. But he's he's managed to square that circle with himself. I, I have not. And when I read read the materials, it always jars, you know. Sure. 
and you're not alone there. There's a lot. There's a lot of us um, who who are not able to um, even think about you know interpreting them. It makes no sense to even try. I mean, they are what they are. Well, I'm just so pleased to find you guys because I've been floundering around thinking, am I the only person? on this planet that's got this addiction problem and the you know where are all the other people that are either agnostic or skeptical or don't want to take this approach so when i found sos originally online and then someone put me into your organization i was like wow but the only thing problem i found on there was well where's the stuff for people that have not got substance-based addiction i go to smart meetings in bristol and there's no i'm the only one there yeah, really pretty much saying you mentioned stuff. that so in I your thought, email and i've been to some smart meetings and i found i found pretty much the same thing you do see more of just um drugs and alcohol issues being addressed not not necessarily food addiction sex addiction um now i have seen some that you know some others like that but not a great deal yeah no and, and there's there's a, there's two issues with that and one is identification so you can't people can't identify with what you're saying and you can't necessarily you can identify with the addictive behaviors and patterns but the actual specifics of the behavior like no more than i can understand say a gambler if a gambler comes in and says you know every time i go past the betting shop i can't you know i can't do it you know every time i put on the tv i watch it i can't stop getting on my phone i understand the behaviors but it's not something i do and it doesn't affect me in the same way so i can only identify to a point and the other thing is even in terms of the the solutions aren't necessarily the same like i was at a smart meeting last night and they you know they talk about avoiding other people that have got the same thing as you you know well, that's not that's not the problem for me. My problem is isolation. Not uh, you know, I don't hang around with a load of people that are acting out. We tend to do this stuff in so, in in solitude, you know. Whereas a drinker wants to be down the pub with their mates, you know, and that's well, sometimes obviously it's a lot drink alone as well. But but you did mention that you do like about smart. You do like the tools. Yes, I think the tools are fantastic. I think the smart tools are really really good. CBT based tools. There's a lot of sense in there and and actually even within the 12 step group um, and within the fellowships i've been in some of the tools are really good and the organization i've set up i've tried to take the best you, you literally use the best and leave the rest so things like making amends is really useful thing to do you know having a daily program and a daily structure to, to your sobriety really helpful defining your sobriety very helpful there's other bits in there which you know I, I find writing 34 pages of of resentments and fears out was pretty painful and i'm not sure how useful it was especially the second time <laughs> so so you know um it's not just about that for me i can have a i can act out without any fears and resentments just because i've got a bit of time on my hands you know okay so now you you're going to smart but you had the problem with not actually having a lot of people there that have addictions other than um, drugs and alcohol um, although you do like the tools of smart and so is this what eventually led you to start soss yes so about probably again maybe 10 years ago i thought I need to get on and design, start my own thing up. Wow, that's a while ago then. Okay, so it's a long time ago. Yeah, but but I didn't know so much about it in that, those times. I hadn't come across smart or any of those other things. I just knew I needed something different. So that was a long time ago. But I I never kind of had enough sobriety to do it. And I thought I can't I'm, I can't justify doing this because I because because every time I was doing it, I'd get distracted by my own behaviors but the idea was in your you had the idea mm-hmm. my head yeah i'm also i would say although i've not been clinically diagnosed as this um i've got uh i've got adhd so as a as an adult uh, i'm my one of my 
more than one of my family's got ADHD actually, in, in, including one of my offspring. So I, I and through that process, I realised I've got ADHD. So I'm, I'm really poor. I was actually discussing with my wife today. I'm a terrible finisher. I'm a, not a complete finisher. I'm great at big ideas, getting things started, not finishing them. And this was yet another one of those ideas I started and didn't finish. But this winter, I just thought, do you know what? I'm going to do it. So I've written the materials, I've started the meeting, I've kind of, and, uh, you know, it's it's still at the infancy, it's at the beginning, but I, you know, and I've sort of tell the other people involved, keep me on track, you know, keep me committed, because I will tend to, you know, get on something else if I'm not careful. But, you know, for me, it's not the last chance at the old corral, but a little bit like that, you know, I've got, and I've got, you know, there is nothing here in the UK, I don't know of one single meeting across the maybe there is one i'd love to hear from them but there's i don't know one single meeting for people with sex addiction or compulsion issues that that isn't part of the 12-step fellowships there's only smart and as i say smart does have its although it has some good things about it it's not specific enough for me okay can you describe what you how you went about developing this program and what the program is yes i'd love to um thank you for giving me the opportunity as well so my first thing was to, to to think to myself, well, do I want it to be like a 12-step fellowship? Do I adopt the 12 steps and just change the words in them? Um, that was, you know, because that was one option. Or do I do it like a smart meeting, which doesn't have any of that and has very, very open plan kind of meetings where people generally chat and there's a lot of cross-talk and no timing and things. And I thought, uh, as I say, my... My idea was, well, some bits, I just, it's quite selfish in a way. I just thought, well, what do I think that works? And I've set it up like that. And I've said to the other people in the group, as we develop and change, things may well change, but someone has to start this and has to do it how they think it works. And this is how I think it works. So, so that's what, so that was my first thing, try and take the best of each one, have, have tightly timed meetings. So that start on time, we have refreshments, we, we have a commitment to going to them, we have a commitment for, to keeping contact in between, we have readings, and we use tools. So we take the tools idea from SMART and other tools that I picked up along the way. Um, there's a very good um, book by a woman called Paula Hall that's come out. She's a, um, a British, I think she's a psychotherapist, and she put a book about sex addiction. It's got some really good stuff in it. So basically I'm magpieing and taking the best of things as I can see them. So that's why I started off, and it took me probably four or five months of jotting things down and putting down what we stand for and what we are. And then I came up with, in the middle of the night, I've got a quite a creative mind. Um, I play music and I can write songs and poems and so quite good at that's one of my strengths if like i've got a lot of weaknesses but that's one of my strengths i think and i came up with this idea this acronym so that in the middle of the night really i was so i've come up with this thing called adults so this is this is what i've um can i just read a little bit please of that do, to yes. you yes please okay <clears throat> so adults so this is one of the little pieces we read out sauce bristol becoming adults for many although not all of us Experiencing sexual addiction for simplicity will define as sexually compulsive behaviours which are unable to stop. The problem started in our formative teenage years. Behaviours which were seemingly normal at that age may have even been useful for help us cope with a difficult home or social situations became somehow ingrained. As we became older and became adults, we found that these these once normal behaviours had become so habitual and compulsive that they were unable to stop them. And even if we did, we were unable to stay stopped. We're in effect addicted to them and the further and to the further behaviours that often develop from them. 
Ironically, these so-called adults' behaviours were anything but, as unlike so many of our teenage peers who had truly grown up, we were effectively stuck. In Sauce Bristol, we reclaim the word adult, which was widely used by the sex and porn industry and use it as a primary oh, tool. That? Interesting. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, it's okay. Um, used by the sex and porn industry and use it as a primary tool in achieving and maintaining lasting recovery from sexually addicted. I like that a lot. We use the acronym ADULTS to help us describe and remember the key stages of recovery laid out in our program. And these are as follows. So these are, if you like, my equivalent of the steps. These are the stages, right? So this is what it's built around. So A for adults is accept my addiction. D is decide to stop. U is understand my behaviors. Wow, this is great. L is learn to live differently. Yeah. T is take daily action. Awesome. And S is support others. I absolutely love that. That's the most brilliant thing I have ever heard. I love it in two different ways. I love the fact that you're taking the word adult back because you're right. I mean, adult, uh, adult, um, movies or whatever, you know, but no, adult can be mature and responsible and and other things, you know, Um, but then taking that acronym and putting it in those to simple ways of understanding the the recovery process, I think is beautiful. And that is a very good description of the recovery process. I like it a lot. Thank you very much for that. It's, it's, as I say, it's quite early. I I mean, I've got, um, but I've got, then I flesh those out. So within each of those, I've got a whole chunk of things that I, you know, we'll read those out through meetings. Did you write all got, that? Yeah. Wow. And then, and then we've got tools. I've got tools which fit in with those. For, for example, except in my addiction, you could use um, the step one process that you, you know, that out of um, AA would use or whatever, you know, about um, listing out the the harms the harms that you've done and the, all those things. You know, there's all sorts of things. There's all stuff work around triggers and craving. We can do limiting beliefs values there's all sorts of stuff in there which we can which i can basically blend in with those things and and take them through so over a year you would cover all those things and so it's like a an ongoing program where you're using things um but that yeah that was with the penny drop moment i thought that's it i've got it so 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 then we so then we use it so that's my thing please don't steal it anyone it's not copyrighted yeah I will, I copyright will it. <laughs> yeah well I, i'm well i just thought the other week i need to write a book yeah i was going to ask you if you had I haven't, but all these organisations have a have a book. Like you have the big book in SA, you know, in AA you have SAA, you have the green book. You they've got a book, and in some ways, having and even smart have a, a handbook. So I think I need to have I need to have something physical that uh, you could say this is the book. So that that's my and I've got most of it actually. I've written. I mean, there's pages and pages of stuff here. Um, I basically got that, and all I need to do is then get the meeting rolling and start and getting testimonies from people and things like that and talk personal stories and i've got i've got a book that can structure it so that's you know so there we go um and then i've sort of thought well what how to, what organizational principles do i need for the organization and i thought well actually the 12 traditions of saa of, of AA have been brilliant really they kind of helped that organization survive since the 1940s you know whatever it was so i thought i i will borrow those too so i basically borrowed those and i had to look at what sos who has saved a sobriety uh, organization use and i've sort of blended them again and i've i haven't changed them too much it's just 
basically I've taken a, you know, but there's no, there's no, you know, I think within uh, AA and well, with certainly the SAA, you always deferred your t- decision to some higher power, um, you know, and the group conscience and all that. And I've, I've, I've dropped all that. So I've, I've said, you know, yeah, that won't happen. But we've got, I've, I've taken the best, again, I've got 12 traditions. The thing about remaining poor, things about, you know, having, you know, the first one of those is all those who sincerely seek recovery from their own compulsive sexual behaviours are welcome at Osos Bristol. So that's kind of the equivalent of the AA one. So so I've, I've borrowed that. So that will help keep a, the structure in place, I think. If in a, And I'm my idea, obviously, is it's not hinged on me. You know, I want to better walk out the door and it's continue, you know, and it grow. That's what I'm, that's my vision. Right. Yeah, you're just starting it. And, and you said from the beginning that you like the idea that, hey, if somebody, if you find it something better that you want to add or, you know, change that, go for it. That's right. And it's, um, so that's kind of, that's kind of how, yeah, you asked how it came about. So that's, that's how I've, um, how I've structured and I'm structuring the meetings. It sounds like a good structure. So yes, about the meetings, what what are the meetings like, or have you had a meeting yet? We, we've had a little bit of a faltering start because it's the, the, one of the main things is so it's, it's one of those chicken and egg situations, John. <laughs> it's like, you know, I've got a, you know, I guess I'm the chicken and I've laid a little <laughs> egg. <laughs> but no, it's, sometimes it's getting the other eggs in there or getting the other chickens in there because it's, it's a matter of, you know, without doing a big promotion campaign, it's like how do you get, actually get this stuff started? Because we've also got quite a lot of SAA meetings running in Bristol. So the first portal call, someone goes, they've got, they go to the mental health clinic or they go to the doctors and say, I've got problems with sex addiction. They'll look it up. They'll find those. They'll send them to them. And I would say they're also, some of them more than others are quite protective as well. So if you, I know my sponsor, if I would have got, when I was active in SAA, if I'd have had a sponsor, he would have disapproved of me getting involved in this. He would have definitely he'd have said that's not a good idea. It's going to confuse you. It's not you're spiritual enough, whatever. And I, I, he would have discouraged me. So you have to be quite brave to be in both and quite confident. And then newcomers coming on is, you know, how do you get them? So that's my position at the moment. I've got a room. We've started. We've had a few meetings. We had a, three meetings. Um, and then a couple of guys that I'm doing it with are away at the moment. So I've had to stall it this month and we're starting again at the start of May. Obviously one of the things is we have to pay for a room. So I need to have enough people to pay 20 pounds a week for a room. Um, I don't want to have it in my house, partly because of the nature of the meeting as well. Um, so we need an anonymous room. I've decided not to have it in churches because all the meetings I went to in, in Quake houses or churches. And I think, well, actually that's hypocritical for me to do that as well. So, so they're in a, you know, it's just in a, it's actually in a farm building at the moment. So it's, um, have you thought about having any meetings online? I thought about that and we certainly would like to get that going. Um, as soon as we've got ourselves solid with the guys that are doing it and I can get between three and five people a week, we will get out there and get an online thing going as well. Um, because there are certain there are people around the UK already and there's a few colleagues, you know, a few people in the States that have already showed an interest. So that's a great way of doing it. But I, I think... For me, personal meetings are really important and strong. I wouldn't want it only to be online. You know, you know what it's like. Online spice is lovely doing this, but it's you know, it'd be better sitting in a room, wouldn't it? I agree. It? I agree. I think it's a, I think it's a good extension. You know, to to reach out to those who can't get to your geographic area, and it might be important. 
you know, uh, I was talking to someone um, about gaming addiction, and they started online and are pretty much online because they don't have a lot of they don't have enough people they don't have enough people that are in that are getting help for that addiction and 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 consolidated in one place so it works better for them to have an online way of of having their meetings at this point if i say i mean that's just sparked a thought for me there john that is that um the other thing that creates an issue (laughs) around online is for probably the majority of people nowadays that have got issues with sex addiction it tends to be around pornography and it tends to be through their phone or their computer so so as soon as you're switching it on you're putting yourself in a risky position really so you know for a long time i and a lot of people i've seen in in those meetings don't use a smartphone you know they're still using ultra which is becoming increasingly impossible but i know a guy i know a guy in this city that that hasn't got, you know, he still uses a computer, which is locked down heavily. His wife monitors it and he doesn't use a smartphone. And for me, his smartphone's been the killer dealer, really. That's what's, it's been a real problem for me. It still, still can be, you know. Isn't that interesting? He, yeah, they, they had the same issue with, with game, with gaming. I can believe it. Yes. And they have, there's a whole separate um, addiction too, um, on just on internet use period. Uh, just using your devices for you know going on social media too often or or whatever. Yes, and yeah, so and so that they have that problem too. Yeah, you turn on the computer and it's almost like a trigger. Yeah, it's a massive trigger. I mean, and I I sort of think of devices as being contaminated. You know, for me, when I get a phone, it's clean, and you know, usually within you know a matter of hours, I've contaminated not physically contaminated, but I've made it dirty in a way i've made it because i've used it for that stuff and whenever i then pick it up i've got that association i've got that mental association interesting wow and it's true really since the big first computer that ever came into my house you know so i know it's it's a problem and it's yes i i i I, so i sort of say it's almost like a a moth you know you have you have a light in a room and you see the moths flying at the light and smashing themselves into this light until they kill themselves sometimes, you know? And it's like that. It's like that, really. It's like that. These triggers are like that. You know, you you know it's doing you harm. You, you say you're not going to do it. Today you might believe that, and then before you know it, you're doing it. And, you know, you, it's so – they're not – I do say in the – um in a decide to stop thing, deciding to stop is not a one-off event like buying a sofa. It's like, you know, you have to decide to stop regularly and you have to have the support around you. I'm finding finding it quite difficult at the moment, but I haven't got the support around at the moment. That's one of the reasons I've set it up, not only for other people, but for myself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're talking about that, the, the, the decision part, and that's how I always understood step three, actually, as a decision or as a commitment making a commitment to change. And a commitment isn't just a one-time thing. A commitment takes effort over the long haul to make substantial change to how you react to life, you know? Yeah, I love. I loved. I I did listen to some of your podcasts, and they're great, oh, really? actually. I, I yeah, I listened to the one for the person in SAA, so that was really oh, interesting. Did you? Okay. Yeah, and I also listened to the guy. Uh, he's one of your reg- regular contributors, and and it really impacted on me actually. Just the other week, I heard him, and he was saying, as an atheist, um, we have a great advantage. Yeah, over John people Huey. of religion okay yeah he, it was great and he was saying you know that bit where he said because because we can't we're not waiting for a higher power to do it we've got the power to do it ourselves and that's a massive advantage that's the good side the bad side is you've got to make 
that decision. You know, you've got you've got you you've got to get off your ass or whatever he said and, and get on with it and get to a meeting, whatever. And that was and I thought, you know, it's it was really true that sort of it's not a soft and easy route not having a higher power. In a way it's a it's a it yeah, is, but it's you're right. You know. It's tougher. Yeah, but 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 you know, the 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 God stuff is really kind of funny. I, I'm 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 glad I don't even mess with with talking to people about the God or no God stuff anymore. But but what's mm. so funny is um, I I'm an I'm a I'm a hard atheist. There is no God. I'm absolutely sure of it. So all these people who think they're getting sober through God really aren't. They're just doing what we do. They're just calling it God. You know, they're just but they're doing the same thing that we're doing. Well, that's the thing. So if we strip that out, the reality is, yeah, the reality is we we have. I guess what I'm saying, and I guess you must, I'm, I'm wondering if you've come to the same conclusion, you know, if what's keeping you sober is going to meet, is meeting up with people, making a daily commitment stuff, reading about it, accepting you've got a problem and, and I'd seen all those triggers and doing it. We have to do that as well. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's, and, and, but at the moment, there's, I guess, right back to the beginning of the discussion at the moment, there's nothing to support me with that. Okay. So I'm out there trying to do it by myself. Yes. And, and the support is very, is very important. Yeah. That, that's where I'm coming. If I can build as much support within my organization that I'm trying to set up now as there is in SAA, I'll be chuffed to bits, you know, without the punitive and without the shaming side, which sometimes does come in it, I think, because, you know, it's not that I don't find that useful. I mean, even in terms of I'm, I'm intending on having a mentoring set up so not calling them sponsors but having them as mentors so people are in the organization that have done it done the stuff got experience you know can help you through it but they're not you're not personally accountable to them for your sobriety you're accountable to yourself for your sobriety yes that's important it's different that's important so when you if you relapse you're not you're you're letting yourself down that's what you're letting down i mean obviously you're someone's trying to help you they might be a bit disappointed but at the end of the day it's not they don't sack you because you've had a relapse which i've seen so many times you know that's you know so i'm sure i'm sure i'll make loads of mistakes i'm sure i've said to people there'll be bits about it you don't like that's absolutely natural there'll be personal differences and all that stuff we're human beings you know and fallible and boy i'm really fallible you know when it comes to this stuff particularly um, but you know, at least I've, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying, you know, I'm trying I think to do it's something great what you're doing. Um, I would, I, I would love to follow you as you go through this. And I, and I hope, I hope that this thing takes off because I really like the idea and it sounds like you've got a lot of good material already written. Um, I think the step of, of, you know, getting a book together or a PDF file or something that you can copyright and put on amazon put on um a website or something i think that would be really useful but yeah i i love what you're doing and just uh, and just find and i think people will find you there there's a need right now there, there there has been a need for a long time but there's a need for secular approaches to recovery there truly truly is the 12-step model has just absolutely took over the recovery world for for a long time and making everybody think that higher powers were the most important thing to getting sober. And uh, that's the biggest part of the recovery community, our 12-step. And, and that's how the, the, they think. But there's a growing number of people who are secular. And they're, they're having problems with drugs, alcohol, sex, gambling, other behaviors. And they're, and they're being introduced to 12 steps and being told they need a higher power. And it's not working for them. So I think that 
what you're offering is important. So I agree with that, John, and I, I equate it to, I was I, I thinking about that. I can't think of any other field where you've only got one approach. I can't, it's like, you know, I used to do martial arts, right? You had jiu-jitsu, you had karate, you had um, kung fu, you had about 100, if, how many different sorts of karate, and everybody had their own slight take on it, and it was all different. And and we accepted that, you know, I used to do jiu-jitsu. Well, jiu-jitsu was, you know, I didn't sort of say that's the only way of doing a martial art. And it's kind of, you know, for some people, Aikido might suit better because it's more gentle art or whatever. So, so it's, you know, but what other sort of fields can you think of? I can't think of any where there's, a, there's only one one where didn't it particularly in a therapeutic approach where someone's where you're trying to solve people's problems it's, it's amazing that it's sort of come out about like this um but it's obviously they've got something you know they've got some things right the fact that they have grown so exponentially and it's helped recovery but as i say i think i think you're spot on it's the it's the processes they're using rather than the necessarily the belief system behind it i mean maybe people do need you know, I've known for myself sometimes being able to hand it over to something, which sounds like a great idea. You know, if I could hand it over and not take responsibility for it, yeah, that's a fantastic idea. But but my scientific rational brain said, well, that's nonsense. You yeah. know, and I don't even think, yeah, and I don't even think that's what they're doing. I think I think that what they're doing is they're not they're they're not they're not focusing on it. They're not they're not they're not dwelling on the problem and they're, and they're thinking more of a solution, you know, now they might think they might say and think and believe that they they've turned it over to God, but you know, I, 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 you know, they're not because there was not (laughs) now, now I'm just talking this way to you and my audience. I would never, I would never speak this way to a believer. So if I'm talking to someone and they truly believe that, that they have to turn things over to God to stay, to get sober, I like do it. Go for it. I support you one hundred percent in that. Um, okay. So I can speak whatever language. I don't. And I don't want to come across like I'm putting people down. But I'm just. I'm just speaking from my own perspective. I'm just certain there is no God, and that these people who think that God is keeping them, them sober, well, there isn't a God, so that's not happening. But what is happening is there's a lot of stuff that these believers are doing that I'm also doing that other people are doing, and that's having a supportive community that's making a decision to change that's um, taking action to change um, all, all those things. Yeah. Well, a couple of things on that. Um, one is that I saw someone um, nearly killed in a, in a, in an accident quite recently, a few months ago. Um, and they, they ended up in this awful situation, which I, I won't describe too much because it might help identify me as well. But I've, I've basically witnessed a really horrible accident, which they've survived, actually, and they're, they're having operations now. But, you know, it turned out I, I twigged that they were religious in my discussion. I'd only just got to know them, but I twigged from what something they'd said that I thought they because they were, she was saying um, praying to Jehovah. And I said, and I was saying to her, pray to whoever you need to pray to, you know, do, do whatever you need. For her, if it, if it helps you, so I wouldn't say that's a load of rubbish. Don't you? you know, for her in that situation, that that's, you know, that's that's fine. If that works for you, you know, whatever's going to pull you through the situation, absolutely. use it. Absolutely. It's, um, yeah, it, it's an interesting one. 
I can't remember what the other thing you said was. Um, so you were saying about... Um, oh, you're probably better off not remembering what, you said. what I said. <laughs> <laughs> you, you said something else. That smart. Yeah. No, it, 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 you were... Oh, you were saying about um, but people have, have things that they're using for themselves, I think, wasn't it? Anyway, I, I lost the track a little bit there, but... Yeah, I was, I was on a rant. Um, and I usually don't go, I usually don't go on rants, I'm, but I'm usually very, very like, you know, and I, and that, honestly, that's how I feel. I feel that you got to, I, I believe in meeting people where they are and for people finding whatever path works for them. Um, the only thing that I don't like is if someone tells someone else what their path needs to be and that doesn't work yes. too well. No, no, it doesn't work well with me either. Um, I mean, you asked me whether I was an atheist, I tell you an atheist because you asked me, um, uh, many a time people with religious views have told me their religious views without me asking them. Yeah. So, so I tend not to, you know, if you, if you push me on it, I'll, I'll explain to you, but I'm not, you know, it doesn't really ask my own personal view really. So, but, but, you know, as I say, it, I think the, when smart, they sort of say, in a way we're not here to discuss that. It's not even the issue we're here to discuss. That's what I like about smart a lot that I like that about smart is the issue is just taken off the table. It's not, it's, it, it's not uh, because they never started out as religious. Here's the, here's the thing. So I was involved with secular AA meetings for a long time. So these are basically AA meetings that are secular. They don't, they don't um, pray before and after the meeting. They okay. by and large don't use the big book. Many of them have used secular interpretations of the 12 steps, etc. But, and, and they're great meetings. They're, they're great meetings. Um, but a lot of these groups, they go through this period of time where there's a lot of um, discussion about how horrible it was to have that experience in AA with the God and all that kind of stuff. And the problem, what I find happening with that is there's some tension within those secular AA groups that doesn't exist in SMART. And the reason for that is the secular A groups are trying to become something, are, are, are evolving from something that was definitively religious, you know, and are evolving into something else, whereas SMART just started off secular to begin with. And it's, it's just like, you know, where religion doesn't come up if I'm at work. It doesn't come up if I go to the dentist. It doesn't come up. Same thing with SMART recovery. It just doesn't come up. And I hope that would be the same way with, with SOSS. It, it's just not something that would even be material. I would say I mention it sometimes in the materials to say that unlike 12-step based beatings, which re, which require you to believe in a higher power, then we don't do that because partly because a lot of people will be coming from those groups to, to somewhere. Oh, you're right, and you know what? Smart has to do that too, don't they? Mm, so, so I kind of, I kind of, I do have to have it in there somewhere um, uh, to sort of say what we're not, because I mean to start with. Even things, one of the things, okay, for example, is when you sit down in a SAA meeting, um, the first thing you say is, hey, my name's Jack and I'm a sex addict, okay? That's the first thing you do Every, before you even touch a bit of paper before you do anything. Now, SMART doesn't do that. They say it's not particularly useful to con- continually defining yourself like that. You might have five years sobriety and you're still saying, oh, I'm, a, I'm a, a sex addict. Now, you may believe you know, I believe I've had this stuff all my life, but to define myself as it, that is my, you know, well, I might also be a, a, a drunk, if you like, or an alcoholic. I might also be this, I might be that, I might be the other. Might, you know, so it's like, but to keep saying that is kind of defining yourself by your behaviour rather than saying, I've got a set of behaviours and I'm trying to change them. 
So we don't do that. So I have to sort of make it clear in the thing that we don't need to do that. Because the first thing people do is they sit down and do it. And I understand that because you're going to have people that come in and that's what they're going to do. And I've seen that in smart meetings too. People come in, they have a 12-step background and they're just assuming that's the way things are done. you know. And, and so they have to say, listen, unlike other programs, we don't do this. We don't, I mean, you do it if you want to, but this is not necessary. Yeah. Interestingly, it's actually in SAA, it's not actually a requirement. I was looking in their green book and it said it's not a requirement to define yourself as a sex addict. And I thought, that's interesting. And yet we do it in every meeting, every time. It's actually written in the book. But it's it's funny. So sometimes traditions become traditions that aren't even written anywhere, you know, because they, it's a, um, there's a, I don't know if you heard the allegory about the monkeys getting the banana and they, they there's, a, there's, a, there's some experiment where the monkeys end up avoiding this particular thing because of they used to get electric shocks and now none of them in the room go get electric shocks but they still remember this thing and these these learnt behaviors sometimes you can't even remember why you did things and um, so so i'm trying to sort of avoid that and sort of saying right what break it right down what is useful and what isn't well, That's I think I think I think what you're doing is 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 great. I I love what I love what you've got going on, and I hope that you stay in touch because I'd like to see how this thing develops over time and and follow you. Maybe have you back on again sometime. Um, I would love to, I would love to do that. And if there's any way, sorry to be um, uh, uh, um, sound needy, but if there's any way that you can assist in you know ideas around that, because it sounds like you're sort of further along the path of stuff than I am in this in that way. And you you, you know you had some very good ideas there with my my potential around books and things. I, I'm very behind the curve, really. On I that. don't know about that. I think that you're. I think that you are doing great uh, with what you've got going on. I think that what will happen though is putting the podcast out. Um, people will find you. There will be some people who reach out and find you. There's already somebody I know, a listener who I mentioned um, that I was going to be doing a, doing this, this topic. And he was really excited about it because he happens to have this issue and there just aren't a lot of secular options for him. So he's very interested in this episode. That's fantastic. It is the, it, it is the other thing is there's a massive load of secrecy around this and a load of stigma. So I could go out and say, I've got a problem with coke addiction and people say, Oh, that, you know, that's really bad. You know, you know, I've had it. If I go out and say, I've got a problem with sex addiction, people will run a mile. So that's why I have to be very careful around my anonymity and stuff. It's so loaded and and you've got you know you've basically got you know these uh, people like Epstein and people like that and you know people associate sex addiction with that and it's you know I'm not saying he didn't have those issues but that is not what it's about it's about millions and millions of people sat there on their smartphones you know really from mainly or 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 seeing sex workers or having relationships outside their marriage and not being able to stop you know that's really for most people that's what it is. Um, you know, and that's probably in my street. There's probably people, you know, there'll be other people in my street with the same issue, but I won't ever know. So tell me, do you have any final thoughts before we sign off? My final thoughts. So I just like to, you know, thank you for allowing me to come on here in such an early stage of this and being express myself. Um, I do hope if anybody is listening in, um, if they contact through you, you can, I guess I can put the, it's an anonymous email address. They can contact me through that. And, you know, I'd just say to anybody out there that's got this, got sexually compulsive behaviors and just think I'm going crazy, this stuff and about finding that 
you know, the 12 step approach, either they don't want to go there or they've gone there and don't, it doesn't fit them. There, there is an alternative, you know, and we can build this. This is, this is the beginning, I think, not the end. Absolutely. So thank you, Jack. I really appreciate you coming on and giving me this opportunity to speak with you and to learn about SOSS. It's uh, I really enjoy what you're doing there and hope to hear from you again in the future. Thank you. Hopefully we'll speak again sometime soon. That's another episode of Beyond Belief Sobriety. Thank you for listening. If you would like to support our podcast with recurring monthly contributions, head on over to patreon.com slash beyondbeliefsobriety or become a member of our YouTube channel. If you'd like to make a one-time contribution, then visit our website beyondbeliefsobriety.com and click on the donate button. I do appreciate your support. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back again real soon with another episode of Beyond Belief Sobriety.